Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining us in our monthly podcast. My name is Deacon Bernie Nohadera with the Secretary of Child and Youth Protection, and I have the privilege and the honor of being here with uh, two good colleagues, companions, friends, uh, Mr. Miguel Prats and Father Gavin Viverick. Uh, I think I got that right. It's good. So thank you. Thank you both for being here. It's good it's to be so, here. It's so good to see you both. And uh, Miguel, like I said, I, I saw you last in Denver. Right. And so, and I think I saw you last, was it last year in Savannah? In Savannah, In Savannah. Yes. So you both look great. How have you both been? Been well, thanks. Peter. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm really having a good year healing. Okay. So I'm just really, really feeling good. Great, great. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what we're, that's what we're here about. We're, we're here to talk about uh, the Maria Goretti Network, correct? And, and Miguel, you're, I, I, I first met you, it was in Denver. Right. And you had a table there. And, and uh, again, by the grace of God, our tables just happened to be right next to each other. Right. And uh, during the lulls, you know, when folks were actually attending their conferences, Miguel and I were <laughs> at the table. We got a chance to get to get to know and meet each other. So, so Miguel, would you just tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and and uh, a little bit about Maria Goretti? And the same with you, Father Father Gavin. Just just to that way, our listeners out there could hear. Right. You want me to start? So I'm I'm Miguel Prats. I'm a cradle Catholic. I was born and raised in Houston. I'm a first generation American. My parents were immigrants. My father was from Spain. My mother was from Guatemala. Uh, my father served in World War II. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just uh, love being in Texas and being a Texan and being a Catholic. I mean, I just... In that order. In that order, yeah. <laughs> and uh, things are just, uh, for me, um, I, I am a victim of abuse as a child by a mentally challenged man and by a priest when I was a teenager. And, and so it's been a long road. It's been a long road, but I've been working at this for almost 15 years. And praise God, I'm, compared to where I used to be, I am so healed. God bless you. Healing is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just like having a new life. Mm-hmm. So things are going really good. Great. What, what about you, Father Gavin? Well, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Tyler, and I've been working with this ethics and integrity program in our diocese to create the safe environment. And our diocese is a bit of a unique approach in it. It focuses on treating everybody with respect and dignity as we would Jesus Christ. And in our diocese, uh, as promoter of justice, I was named promoter of justice and established to bring this program into existence back in 2003 when it first started. And the idea being that in the tribunal that this is a matter of law, not just policy, that we have to take seriously the need to treat people with respect. And it's in that context that it began the victims assistance work, the safe environment work, the development of diocesan and policies and procedures, and we developed a training program. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I met Miguel by circumstance. Miguel was going around visiting with bishops and wanted to visit the bishop, and the bishop tasked him to me first. So I met him for breakfast one morning. Miguel, you want to tell this? Oh, you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met for breakfast in Tyler, Texas, and uh, at the time I was with SNAP, Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. In 2000, and 
One, when the scandal broke out in Boston and it was in all the media, I remembered having an incident with a priest. And um, at the time, there was no nothing out there for people like me except SNAP. And so I joined them and, you know, it was good to know that I wasn't the only one. And, and so there were some positive things about it. But as time went by, I found that SNAP had just like any organization, some, some flaws. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I found that um, too many times there were people in SNAP that were more concerned with, with uh, you know, causing trouble for the church, uh, out of anger, righteous anger maybe, but it just wasn't helping to protect kids. So after a couple of years of SNAP and and stuff, um, I had this idea, why not a Catholic version of SNAP, where we can reach out to victims, not just of the Catholic Church, but what I had found out was there were Baptist victims, Episcopalians, and, you know, every denomination was calling me mm -hmm. because I was the only one to call. You know, and they said, I'm, I'm not a Catholic, but, you know, do you mind listening? And of course not. And so now, with the latest thing, with the gymnast problem, we see that it's not just a Catholic problem, it's not just a church problem, it's a societal problem around the world, mm -hmm. the abuse of children and women. Mm -hmm. So Maria Gabretti Network has been around for how long now? It, Since 2003, 2004. 2004. June of 2004. Okay, and, and how large a group are, are we talking about? Are there chapters? Five chapters in Texas and one in Washington. We're I myself am pretty sad about that. Mm -hmm. We've been around 13 years and we only have six chapters. Mm -hmm. There should be chapters all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, so, You know, if anything, too, the idea of having uh, an individual be able to call someone, and you hit it on the head there, Miguel, a lot of times they just want someone to listen. Right, right. And really listen. I mean, just really listen, right? So thank you for that. I mean, I, I'm sure you know it, God's plan God's time think things will happen there's a reason for this happening yes and you know I, I'm a firm believer that because of this of this crisis the church is ending up becoming healthier and holier yes it's a transformation yes. that I think was was long needed and and it finally had you know come to a head and and so now we're having to really really deal with this so uh, let me just let me just shift a little bit here and ask you you know from from where you are, what what has the church done well, and and what more can the church do to 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 better this situation, or for lack of a better word, with what we're doing to improve or to you know, any thoughts? I think the church has done well on taking the matter seriously and helping to raise in our culture the awareness of the abuse, because prior to two thousand there was nothing in the news about abuse of anybody. And now it's very regular, even in small town newspapers, in educational programs, in summer programs, and now with the abuse of adults. I think that the church could do better in reaching out not just to victims that have been affected by clergy, but in reaching out to all the victims, because probably better than one in four people have been abused by somebody, and there's a lot of hurt out there that we can offer the healing for. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that 
was important in Miguel's healing was to come to recognize while he might be angry with people in the church, he needed the help of the sacraments for healing. Absolutely. And yes. so that it had to be not anger at Christ in his church, but anger that people in the church failed to do what God asked them to do. But that was helped by Bishop Carrada giving him a hearing, other bishops giving a hearing as well, and, and accepting responsibility. Then he could heal that wound and reopen himself to the life of the sacraments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Miguel, anything you want to add to that? Amen. 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 You, you know, Father Gavin, you're right. I mean, on any given Sunday, at any given parish, you, you have an opportunity there in that, with that community where you're right. There are families out there, there are individuals out there that have maybe either experienced or are experiencing, have witnessed, have seen, uh, situations of abuse and and I mean abuse in general right and so uh, you know being able to have folks realize and see that the church is a resource you know is, is a viable resource a competent resource and and groups like the Maria Maria, Maria Goretti you know network that that also is a resource and that's available for folks but I think you're right the the, the with the Me Too movement and with what's happening in Hollywood and the situation with you know our politicians and celebrities and sports figures and so on and so forth, all of these cases coming forward, uh, I think the opportunity of now really making sure the church is able to 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 be that that voice in the desert, if you will, you know, and and to to try to lead the way and try to challenge other segments of society. Um, you mentioned in your group that folks that are not necessarily Catholic are also coming in and absolutely right and and oh, I, yeah. I would assume folks that have been abused not necessarily by a clergy member either right just oh I'm only me and one other guy are, are were abused by a priest okay. everybody else was abused out of it outside right. of you know priesthood you, you know I make I make this comment often when I have a chance to talk that hopefully with the work that we're doing is that in the end abuse of any kind Right. Will not be tolerated. Right. And and, and that's the end. Easily be addressed. Right. right. Okay. So so how do you five chapters right now, uh, and and you're looking at wanting to grow. I mean, how does a person enter or, or get become a member? If someone wanted to begin a chapter, how would that how would that happen? I would say the first thing to do would be to go to our website, which is M like Maria. And then Goretti, her last name, mgoretti.org, and find the, our, uh, Father Gavin or mine's contact information, or go to our Facebook page. Uh, we go by MGN a lot, so you don't have to type out Maria Goretti Network. Just type MGN into Google on any device, and our Facebook page should pop up. Uh, we can be re I can be reached there, you know, through private messaging. And, and so um, the things to identify that, that we need to know first is if someone want, is interested in starting a chapter, number one, it takes two people to lead a group because it, it, this is very emotional stuff we're dealing with and having that monthly meeting, because we meet once a month, it has to happen no matter what. It has to be there for people. And so it, we require two leaders and a priest who wants to sponsor it or sort of take it under his wing 
and 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 so then we need people that are well established in the recovery. I mean, if you're just now starting that road of recovery, you're not in a position to lead others. And um, what have what have I forgotten? Yeah, there's a a we have a couple page packet of information about it and a couple page agreement that leaders have to sign to commit to confidentiality that they're not permitted to direct people to give advice of what people should do. It's the whole purpose of it is a, a peer support group that peers are able to listen to each other and encourage each other but not there to distract themselves from their own work by trying to fix somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so every time when the group begins it goes through the basic points and reemphasizes confidentiality, the sacredness of other people's stories, and the freedom that people can decide what's best for himself or herself. Mm -hmm. Folks, if you're just now tuning in, my name is Deacon Bernie Nohadera with the Secretariat of Child and Youth Protection with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and I'm here with Mr. Miguel Prats and Father Gavin with the Maria Goretti Network. Um, Miguel, does the, does the network have a mission or a mission statement or what... Uh, you know, if you, if you had to sum it up, like, what the purpose of the Maria Goretti Network uh, is, what would that be? We're here for recovery and forgiveness, and forgiveness is the key. This is why we modeled ourselves after Maria Goretti. This is why we talk about saints like Maximilian Kolbe and Josephine Baquita, people who suffered just unbelievably, and they forgave the unforgivable. In our culture, we don't get examples of how to forgive. That's, you know, uh, just not, doesn't happen. And so by turning to the saints and, and drawing inspiration and trying to learn from their example, and then by realizing that we can unite our wounds to Jesus Christ's wounds, he, look at everything he went through. He was arrested. People forget that. Um, you know, he was spit on. It wasn't, you know, I mean, you know, there's so many things he suffered. And when we, we victims remember that and try to, we say, Jesus, you know, take our wounds and bind them to yours, healing takes place. Mm. I mean, it's just, you know, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. I've never been to a Maria Gretti Network meeting where I did not feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. In healing, we have non-Catholics. We, we, I mean, anybody is welcome at a meeting. It, you, it's definitely not just for Catholics or for victims of clergy abuse. Mm -hmm. It's for any victim of abuse, no matter who did it or what form it took. There's so many different forms of abuse. Yeah, I think the the idea of forgiveness. You're right. It's it's that's tough. Yeah, that's that's tough. And especially if you're if you're having to. I know in my case, when when I was working with the diocese of San Jose, I've helped to to facilitate and accompany uh, survivor victims where they wanted to meet their accuser. Uh, their they wanted to meet their abuser. Excuse me, the accused. And I, I was I was very humbled, very humbled. I I mean I. To, to have that kind of courage and strength to face to face your abuser and 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 I'm very humbled to have been able to be witness and to be part of that 
I, you mentioned Snap, and I, I have my share of stories with Snap. And again, grateful for that organization at the time because you were right. There was really nothing, no, no one, nothing was in place where, where folks can go to. And when I worked for San Jose, that was the first thing I did. I attended a Snap meeting, and um, we introduced ourselves. I told them I was at the Diocese of San Jose, and the room got really cold. And I just said, look, I'm, I'm just here to listen. I, I want to learn and be able to, to help or assist in any way. And, and from that meeting, I, I became really good friends with two members of that group who in a way helped me do the work I was doing at the Diocese of San Jose. You know, I, I can't say that I know exactly how you feel because I've never been a victim of abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, but these guys have, you know, and, and they, they were able to, they shared that with me. So, so thank you for that. Now, Maria Goretti, right? You wow. mentioned her. You, could you share a little bit about? I mean, how did how did you end up picking Maria Goretti? Well, for one one thing that's always in, struck me is that I never knew who she was, and I'm a I'm a cradle Catholic. I think maybe the nuns only talked about her to the girls. Maybe that was the deal, but um, you know, she wasn't even 12 years old when she died. She was. Uh, stabbed 14 times resisting a sexual assault. Mm. Whether the assault was ever completed or not, nobody really knows. But it, what matters is that she forgave her attacker, like immediately. Uh, we have a case right here in Texas just happened where a guy was supposed to be executed for having his family killed. His father lived and begged the governor for clemency, and the governor gave it, and they're going to give the guy life without parole. For the father to forgive his own son who had his mother and brother killed, wow. you know, and, and so, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'd get, you know, just choked up, no, but no, I, um, just Maria Goretti, so young but so wise, Josephine Baquita, was bought and sold as a slave over and over and over, physically scarred with razors. And, and she thanked her slavers. She said, if I met them today, I would kiss their hands because if it wasn't for them, I would have never found Jesus. You mentioned the sacrament of reconciliation, Father, and you know, what role does the church have now with accompanying survivor victims? How, how can they, you know, we, we've had our stumbles, I could say that, honestly. Cer- certainly, but um, the to be abused is not sin. There, there's no sin with being a victim. But oftentimes, people's reaction out of that leads them in a self-destructive spiral that distances themselves from everybody who loves them, including God. And they, they find themselves in a situation like the prodigal son, who is far removed from everything he holds dear. And they want to be restored to health. And so their their turning from their sin starts to bring healing and strength to them to be able to face the inner wounds that came from the abuse. Because with the help of reconciliation, with the help of reception of the Eucharist, with participation in the Mass, that joining with the wounds of Christ that Miguel spoke so powerfully about. I'd like to get that on a 
billboard or something, sure. but but this reality that by entering back into God's grace, it doesn't magically make the wound go away, but it allows the healing process to begin. And and that's a process, as Miguel mentioned earlier, for 15 years, we've been doing the Maria Gretting Network, and when we started it, he was already past the point of being a victim or a survivor and into a thriver, but his consistency of life is so much better now. And and really, in the Christian life, we should every year be able to say, I'm better than I was a year ago at living like Jesus. Amen. But that healing is so helped when we're not carrying the wounds of sin that we inflict upon ourselves. So our victim assistance coordinators that are out there, our, our safe environment coordinators that are out there, I mean, if they need to contact you, we gave the website, if you can give that again one more time. Or. It's ingoretti.org, or they can call me directly at 713-851-3708. Yes, and, and Maria Gretti could be used as a resource. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And um, my contact information is on the website, and I've been working with this from the beginning, and had a chapter in my parish for 10 years. So priests, pastors, or church people that want to know, I speak that language and am very glad to, to do it. Great. You know, I think if we just continue, as Junipero as, uh, Serra's words of siempre adelante, huh? right. always forward, right? Right. right. I, I don't care how small the steps are, right. but we're moving forward, right? right? And I think what we've done today is, is a part of that progress of moving forward. Uh, Miguel, Father Gavin, God bless you both. God bless the folks that you've been called to minister to, and 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 we hope and pray that you know if if you if you've been a victim of abuse or know of someone, please please contact you know your local victim assistance coordinator or or law enforcement if it's current if it's currently happened. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, give uh, give Maria Gretti a call or whatever. Talk to a trusted adult if you're a young person that's listening to this right now or what, but but get help. You're not alone. Right. Right, Miguel, yeah. right? I mean, and, you thought you were alone. Right, and this is something I have found that all victims think. They think they were alone and that they were the only one. And, and uh, so it's real important people understand they're not alone, and there are resources out there. Correct, correct. All right, thank you all again Thanks for everyone for, uh, for listening. Um, we hope to hear you. Uh, we hope that you'll be able to hear with uh, listen to us again. Uh, this is a monthly podcast offering by the USCCB. For more information regarding this, or if you'd like to get a recording, please contact www.usccb.org. If you look under the Secretary of Child Youth Protection, you'll be able to find these links and all these resources. Thank you, and God bless. Mm-hmm.